And um, that is the end of the announcements. And now we get to actually just hear what the Lord is wanting to just bring to us this morning. And it's so lovely to see all of you. And I just want to say a really big hello to everybody online, especially. And I actually just want to take a moment and um, and just say a special hello to my mom and dad who watch us every single Sunday and pray for us. They're all the way in South Africa. So mom and dad, just love you. Big hello to you. And friends, I just want us to take a moment and honor not just my mom and dad, but all the parents who have had to say goodbye to their children that God has brought to this place. You know, we've, so many of us in this room, we've all, um, we've come from different places. We know what it's like. We know the difficulties of transitioning countries and cultures. But you know, the truth is that the people who stay behind have a very tough time as well. They need to transition as well. And God's heart is as much for us as we are changing and adapting as it is for our precious parents and family who have had to say goodbye to us. So I just want to honor all the parents. And if you're watching from somewhere else in the world, you're loved, and we appreciate you, and we, we covet your prayers for us. So bless you and thank you. Now, um, James is in Ottawa this weekend. And so that's why you have me today, right? But we are, um, uh, we are just so excited for the season that God has us in at the moment. And today I just felt to share with, um, all of us just something that God has been speaking to me about actually since the beginning of the year. And it actually applies so uh, wonderfully to everything that James has been speaking about. And um, so we are speaking about today, empowered for purpose, empowered by the Holy Spirit for purpose. Before we go any further, I just want to say a big hello to Carlos and Shirley, who are back here with us, Alex's mom and dad. It's always a treat having you guys here. You're very loved. Can we just give them a round of applause? They are heroes. So we are talking about empowered by the Holy Spirit for purpose. So say this with me. I am empowered by... The Holy Spirit for purpose. Say that again. I am empowered by the Holy Spirit for purpose. Isn't that good news? So James has been speaking to us, uh, not the book of James, my James. <laughs> He's been speaking to us about the vision that God gave him um, to uh, to basically plant 5,000 churches and also to reach a million people in the next 11 years. And it can sound crazy until you actually do the math and you realize it's totally possible if every single one of us, say every single one of us, disciple one person every year. And we teach those people to do the same. And if you do the math, it works. Absolutely amazing. So in 11 years, a million, one million people could be reached and come to know Jesus if each one of us just took seriously the commission that Jesus has given to every single believer, which was to go and make disciples. 
And that can sound so daunting, but James broke it down for us wonderfully. And the reality is one person once a year and teaching that person to do the same thing. And then it's totally doable. And then Greg spoke last week just about starting with that one person that's in front of you because it can seem daunting. But um, what, what I felt God wanted to really invite us into as a community is to be empowered by his spirit and to recognize that we already are. And sometimes we can become so familiar with an idea or a concept that we forget the Holy Spirit is a person and he lives with us every moment of every day. If you are a believer, if you belong to Jesus Christ, God himself, the Holy Spirit, lives with you and is willing to empower you in every way. And that is good news. So I just want us to look at a, a quote that I love. It's from Reinhard Bonnke, who was the most amazing evangelist. Uh, he was from Germany originally, and um, he just reached millions of people, particularly um, on the continent of Africa. But um, this is his quote, and I just love it. He says, a Christ follower, a child of God with no power is like an unwashed soap salesman. Isn't that great? So, you know, if you're a soap salesman, you're selling something and you're not even applying it to yourself, right? And um, I just want us to look at a scripture, and it's an unusual scripture. It's in Mark 11, and it's, it's not our key scripture for today, but it, it makes a very important point. So in Mark 11, what happens is that um, Jesus is hungry, and um, he's, he's traveling to Bethany, and um, let me pull up my scripture here so I don't have to turn around, and um, it says, on the following day when they came from Bethany, he was hungry, so we're speaking about Jesus, and um, seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, um, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season of figs. And he said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say this. Now, that can seem like a really strange uh, story. And we know that a couple of days later, the disciples walk back. I think it's the day afterwards. The disciples go back that way, and they actually see that the tree has withered from the root completely. It is completely dead. And um, we can look at that and go, whoa, like, Lord, what, what was going on there? But here's the reality. A fig tree is a very interesting tree. First of all, it represents, it was a representation of Israel at the time. But, but more than that, uh, a fig tree can actually produce figs 10 out of 12 months of the year. And sometimes, even in just one growing season, it can have two or three crops. So it can produce fruit, uh, like fruit two or three times. The very interesting thing is this, that the fruit appears before the leaves do. So when Jesus saw that tree in the distance and he was hungry, he had every right to have an expectation that there would be fruit on that tree because the leaves were an indication there's fruit here because the fruit comes up and then it continues to grow and ripen as the leaves grow around the figs. So Jesus wasn't being crazy. He was literally, he had a, a rightful expectation that he was hungry and he'd find fruit on that tree. And when he got to it, there was nothing. 
So that tree was purporting to be something, but it wasn't. There was no power in it. There was no fruit in it. And so his his anger is is also for the fact that the, the country of Israel, the people of Israel, were religious and fervent, but the power of God was completely absent in them. And so um, when we look at that, I have to wonder, it says Jesus was hungry. And for me, I just think the world is hungry. The world is hungry for an encounter with the love and the power of God. And the only way they're ever going to encounter his love and his power is through his people. God's only ever had one plan and it has not changed. It's us. It's us. It's every believer on the face of the earth taking him seriously and trusting him implicitly for the empowering to do the very things he calls us to do. And you know the reality, friends, is that there is, there's, there's no other religion or faith like this. There's no, there's no other faith where you're asked to do something and then you are given all the means to do it. And then the one that you are worshipping says, and not only will I give you the means to do it, I'll give you myself. And I'll come and live with you. And you'll never, ever, ever be alone for a single moment. And you'll never be without all the resources of heaven. Like We have the most incredible position that we live from. But we can become so familiar that we forget. And we start to almost be contemptuous and casual with the truth that God himself, the Holy Spirit, lives in us. And he wants out. (laughs) Does that make sense? Everywhere you go, he goes too. Say, everywhere I go. That means everywhere. There's not a single place he doesn't go. Say, everywhere I go, he goes too. Just ponder that for a moment. How will that change our conversations? How will that change our priorities and choices? How will that change what we do with our time? How will that change what we say to our children? Everywhere we go, he goes too. Bill Johnson says we need to facilitate an encounter for the people around us with the living God. We are the only way they're going to encounter him. So today I have just felt I'm not necessarily sharing something that you don't know, that we don't know. But God is saying, I'm giving you an encouragement, an invitation. I want you to know me better and to come and abide with me and to walk in intimacy with me and to partner with me to see my kingdom come. It's an invitation for every single person in this room and everyone watching online. No one's excluded. So let's look and see just a little about God, the Holy Spirit, because I just felt that God wanted to remind us 
of just the extent and the truth of who he is and who lives with us. So if you look in um, Acts 1, and I think it should be up on the screen, this is what Jesus said. He's the best one to go in and look at if we want to understand who God the Holy Spirit is. So let's look at the, um, the instructions that Jesus gave the first disciples, and those same instructions apply to us just as much. So in Acts 1, Jesus said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. Isn't that beautiful? He's a gift. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 8 it says, but you will receive power. Say power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It could be, and you will be my witnesses, Lifehouse, in Mississauga and Ontario and Canada and to the ends of the earth. Put in whatever your location happens to be. So the question is, we look at all of this and we go, Lord, how was it that you entrusted this gospel that changes lives to these disciples? How was it, Lord, that you could ask us to be a part of this? We are woefully aware of our foibles and our failings. Lord, how? Please pick someone else. We, we can't do this. But Jesus' confidence was not in those disciples. Jesus had confidence in the gift the Father was about to send. Jesus had confidence in God, the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, is, is God who was hovering over the chaos in Genesis 1. He's the God who is in Revelation 22 alongside the church crying out for Jesus to return. He is all throughout scripture. He is the power of God on earth. He is a person, and Jesus had full confidence that it was better for the church that he go back to heaven so that God the Holy Spirit could come. Because God the Holy Spirit lives in closer proximity to us than Jesus ever could. Because Jesus was fully man and fully God, and so he was limited by by his earthly form but the holy spirit isn't limited and so that's why he can live with francois and he can live with alex and he can live with enoch and he can live with joel he lives with every single one of us it's so beautiful god has come near in a way that is even closer to the way that jesus came near to us and so yeah it's it's so funny in scripture it says that uh People were like, how are these men doing these things once they had received the Holy Spirit? And it says they, they took note that they were just ordinary men. And that sounds so nice in English. But the word ordinary in the Greek is, it's idioto. And guess which English word comes from that? <laughs> right? Idiots. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm just like, oh, I feel like such an idiot, Lord. How did I miss that opportunity? Why did I say that? You know, why didn't I speak? You know, why was I afraid? I constantly feel that way. And Jesus goes, it's okay because my confidence is not in you. <laughs> my confidence is in the one who is with you and you can put your confidence in him. That is good news. Don't you feel that just takes the pressure right off? You know, it's beautiful, right? And um, 
they, these ordinary idioto men and women turned the world upside down, but with the Holy Spirit. And it was God's love that compelled them. And you see these people who are counting it all joy to suffer so that others would know who Jesus is. And you know, friends, we often pray things like this. We often pray, Lord, please reveal yourself. Please save my family. Please Please deal with the situation in the Ukraine. Please reveal yourself to my neighbors who don't know you. And Jesus says to us, I will do that through you. And that's the invitation. See, we can stop short and we can think it's okay to go, oh, Lord, please do this. Oh, Lord, please do that. And he goes, I will. But my plans never changed. I do it through my people. I'm going to do it through you. Will you trust me? Will you trust me to empower you to do the very thing I'm asking you to do? So let's just look very quickly at who is the Holy Spirit. Let's just go a little deeper. And I'm just hoping um, when we have, when I have other opportunities to maybe uh, chat in this context, I'd love us to look in more depth at the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and 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 what happens when he is in operation. But for today, it's just a drawing back to who he is and God just wanting us to be aware again of, of who lives with us. So he is a person, as I've been saying, he's the third person of the Trinity. He is not a commodity. It, it literally grieves me when I hear people speak about the Holy Spirit as if he was an electric shock or a vapor or, or a, a mist. He is a person. He is the third person of the Trinity. He is God himself. He is the empowering presence of God himself in every believer on the earth. And often I think it's because the Bible uses a lot of symbols to, to try and explain the workings of the Holy Spirit that we sometimes have, have got the wrong idea about who he actually is and have forgotten that he is a person. So symbols uh, that scripture uses like oil and water and, and fire and wind, these are symbols that, that speak about something of the way that he works and the, and the power um, and the, the effect that he has when he is in operation. But he is not oil or water or wind or fire. When in, in the upper room, when the disciples were first baptized with the Holy Spirit, it says something like fire, tongues of fire appeared on their heads. But it wasn't fire. They didn't get burned, but it was like fire. It, he was, it was, it, it, over and over, there's, there's a, you can see the, the authors kind of grappling with a, how do we describe what he does? So oil represents authority and anointing. He's the one who anoints us. He's the one who reminds us of the authority we have because of Jesus. And uh, when he's described as water, do you know how powerful water is? Water, water can change the, the topography um, in, a, in a devastating or glorious way. Um, water is life-sustaining. It's transformative. That's who he is. 
Um, it, Jesus even says rivers of living water are going to flow out of you. That's because of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's what happens when we are abiding with him and he's with us. Um, fire is all-consuming, um, powerful. Again, wind. Wind is uncontrollable. You cannot tame the wind. It's forceful. It's uninhibited. That is what the Holy Spirit is like. But he is not those things. Does that make sense? It's very important to make that distinction. So I just wanted to list this for us. He is all-knowing, ever-present, all-powerful. He is co-eternal. He always was, and he always will be God. And um, he's the one who draws us to Jesus. He's the one who transforms us. He's the one who heals us. Colin's word today, that was the Holy Spirit going, I know who's here today. I love my children. I want you healed because I know what I've got for you. And I know how difficult it is in the midst of pain to walk in the things that I'm asking you to walk in. So he speaks to one of his children and says, this is what I want to do. And he speaks to Colin because he knows Colin will obey him. which is what he's asking us to do. So Colin comes up and doesn't hold back. And so he shares the gift that the Holy Spirit's put in him and he releases that gift. So so those of us in this room who need that healing can receive it from God, the Holy Spirit. It's so beautiful. So really, we're glorified waiters and waitresses. <laughs> we really are. All we have to do is take what we hear him say and, and he asks us to give and then we deliver it. And we, we grow and we learn how to deliver it more and more effectively as we exercise those gifts. But it was beautiful. Thank you for doing that today, friend, because that's, that's what we're meant to do. That's how all of us, we, we don't lack when we share the gifts that the Holy Spirit has for all of us. So um, God is just asking us to just become more and more aware of the truth that he is present with us. You know, the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. He's called the spirit of Jesus. He's called the comforter. For those of you that have gone through unimaginable difficulties, deaths of precious ones, careers that have failed, you've lost homes, you've been betrayed by a friend, Maybe it's the agony of a divorce. He's the one that can comfort you like no other. He's the one that can carry you through the deepest grief and bring you alive and whole and joyful after the season of grieving. And he carries you every step of the way. He's the, he's the spirit of hope. He's the spirit of adoption. He's the counselor. He's the strengthener. And you know, when when we speak about being filled with the Holy Spirit, I want us to bear in mind he is a person. So how do you get filled with a person? Well, it's it's like when you um, have someone in your home, you make adjustments. So we, we have hosted lots of people. We often have a ton of people in our house. And when we are having people in our house, when, when, a, when a special, like a guest is coming over or someone's coming over, we, we need to make adjustments. And, and we're much more aware of, of how things are. And, and in our house, we, we become, we, 
everything moves and changes and shifts. And my poor boys get what they call the mom look. <laughs> because if they're, if they're not doing exactly what needs to be done or, you know, not accommodating that person or maybe the situation, I just kind of give them these big eyes, you know, and they know very quickly, oh, okay, I better just adjust, right? That, that there's a sense of today, God in the most loving, beautiful way, kind of giving us big eyes <laughs> and going, children, do you realize who's with you? Let's adjust. Let's pay more careful attention. Let's remember. And that's the invitation that God's uh, just holding out to us for today. So the point is that, that when the Holy Spirit is resident, Things shift and change. So if you look in Galatians 5, you know, uh, Galatians 5, very well-known scripture, verse 22. I'm sure Sarah will put it up. And can I just tell you, we have the most amazing media and and sound team. They are just so beautiful. Just honor you guys. Really, thank you. Sarah, Rumi sitting up there at the back. And um, just thank you, Jensen. Can we just really applaud Jensen, please? <laughs> Seriously, just the most amazing unsung heroes. Thank you. And Sarah, you did a beautiful job. Thank you today, my friend. So uh, Galatians 5.22, fruits of the spirit. Look at this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. But it says, it doesn't say the fruits of the spirit. It's the fruit. What, what Paul is talking about there, it's the evidence when the Holy Spirit is resident in our lives, the evidence that he is with us are all these things. Does that make sense? They're a package deal, right? <laughs> you can't just pick. They're a package deal. It's what happens when he's around. So the more we are aware of him in our lives, we'll, we'll allow him to be more empowering in our lives because we'll be giving over control to him. And then this will be the result. There will be more and more evidence of this kind of fruit in us. And that fruit, that evidence looks very different to people who don't know him, and they wonder why. Why are you loving? Why are you joyful? The same thing happened to me as you. How come you didn't get taken out by it, right? And then it's an opportunity to go, I am loved and sustained by the living God who lives with me 24-7 and who I can draw on and call on and 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 come alongside and he will help me in every situation and I never need to be overwhelmed. Isn't that good news? That is good news. And um I think probably my my most favorite title for the Holy Spirit and it's the last one that we'll look at is that he is the advocate. And actually in scripture we have two advocates because Jesus is our advocate. So it's a legal term. It's someone who comes alongside to defend you. It's someone who comes alongside in your time of need and says, I'll speak for you and I will defend you. I will represent your case. I will take on your case and I will speak the truth over the situation. And Jesus did that for us. And then when Jesus, um, in John 14, 
he says, um, and Sarah, you can pop that one up. We won't read the whole thing, but if you can just put up John 14. He says, um, another advocate is going to come when I go back up to heaven. And he says, he's going to lead you into all truth. But the beautiful thing is, as our advocate, the Holy Spirit reminds us of what Jesus has done for us. He reminds us when the enemy is condemning us, he reminds us, no, 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 no. I'm going to speak the truth over you. I'm going to bring to your remembrance all the things that you need to know. I'm going to teach you and make you mindful of what actually is real. He's our advocate. And so we were never meant to live life without him. He has all the solutions, all the healings um, for every part of our life that we need. But friends, he's never going to override our will. You cannot say, oh, the Holy Spirit just made me do that. He's never going to override your will. He is the one who gave us free will. He is God. And love never controls. So he will never, ever control you without you willingly giving him control. It's an invitation. He's like, come, come to me. Give over all these different aspects of your life to me and let me breathe my life in and through it. But he's never just going to just take you over and you just become robotic. He doesn't work like that. It's about a relationship. It's about love. And love always needs to be voluntary or it's not love. He freely gave. And we can freely receive, but he's not just going to swoop in and take over, but he's waiting. And the moment you say, yes, Lord, he'll be there because we're really bad at what we do most of the time, but he's really good. (laughs) And so if we go, Lord, would you come in and take over? He's like, absolutely, I'm there. And he knows just how to do it. But it's a partnership, it's a relationship, it's an intimate abiding that he calls us into. And, you know, um, I had the chance to chat to um, our children's ministry a couple of times about the Holy Spirit. And just, ah, I've been able to share some amazing stories with them of of Holy Spirit solutions that, that, that he's been giving to people. And hopefully I can share some of those stories with you um, another time. But... I just, I really just felt today, um, I just want to pray with us. And then there are a couple of, um, a couple of people and a, a couple of, uh, I think groups of people that I just felt God really wanted to just impart something to. And so, um, what I'm going to ask you to do is just hold your hands up like this. Put, put both hands. I just can't because I've got this microphone, <laughs> but hold both hands and Clench that, clench your fists really tight. Like, don't draw blood, but you know, like, really, like, clench your fists fists tightly. Okay, and this signifies us being in control. Okay, and I want you to just keep holding on. And I want you to remember, the Holy Spirit's never going to override your will. So, if you want to stay in control of all the different aspects of your life. That is your choice. But today, he's giving us 
as the Lifehouse community, he's giving us an invitation to say, remember that I am with you. Remember that in me is everything you will ever need to do what I call you to do. Remember, I'm never going to leave you. There is not a single orphan in this room. We have been adopted. And he says, you can, you can keep control over all those different parts, but I love you. And I know you better than you know yourself. And so as I pray, I'm going to encourage you. And only if you are in agreement with this. As I pray, feel free to release the clenched fists and open your hands and let him take over. So Holy Spirit, we ask for a deep, renewed awareness, Lord, of you. Not just when we worship, not just on Sundays, Lord, but a growing moment-by-moment awareness of you with us. And we want to become sensitive to your voice, Lord, and to your leading. And Lord, we ask you to preside over every area of our life. And we invite you into our relationships and our friendships and our jobs and our social life and our thought life, and our marriages, and our parenting, Lord, and our conversations. We invite you into our anguish, our failures, our frustrations, Lord, our deepest longings, our shameful memories. We invite you into the deep, unexpressed places of grief, Lord. I just thank you that we're so safe with you, Lord, and you call us to partner with you and be transformed and empowered to live out the life that you created for us to live. And Lord, we ask that many would come to know you through our lives, Lord. And so, Lord, we say, here we are. Please, Holy Spirit, Make us so aware that you are resident with us. But please, have your way in every part of us. Go into every room. (laughs) You're welcome, Lord. You are welcome. And we give over control to you. Friends, when we live from this place, what James has been saying becomes completely possible. In fact, it becomes normal. So I'm just going to ask a couple of people that I just uh, felt God highlight. And we'll do this very quickly because I'm aware of time. Just going to ask, if you are a teacher, if you're in the education field, 
in any way, but but you you have an influence over a group of people because you teach. Would you stand, please? Promise I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going <laughs> to embarrass you. He's not going to embarrass you. But would you stand if you are an educator? Then if you are a developer, it could be a software developer, it could be in any kind of research and development, but if you're in, in any of that sector, would you stand, please? If you're an engineer or you are a builder of any kind, would you stand, please? If you're a doctor or you're in the medical profession, if you are a social worker as well, could you please stand? Doctors, dentists, nurses, anyone in the medical profession. If you are in logistics, I just felt God highlight that as well. If you're in logistics in any way, if you are responsible in any way for the, for the comings and goings, the organization, the administration, Please stand. If you are an administrator in any capacity, please stand. And if you are in the financial sector, please stand. Randy, I haven't forgotten the legal sector, but I've got a different word for you. (laughs) So what I felt was God saying... My spirit, my plans, my ideas, my solutions are not locked into a Sunday when the church gathers. I have creative plans and solutions for the world, and I want to release them through my children. And so today, I just really sense that God was saying, will you come and partner with me? Will you start to ask me what I am doing in your sphere of influence. Because if you'll ask me and you'll bring the problems to me and you'll, you'll bring and you'll see them as opportunities, partner with me and see what I won't release through you. I just felt like God says, I've got, I've got creative solutions that, that no one has thought of yet. I have ways of doing things that are going to exponentially affect your spheres of influence, for those of you that are standing. But he's inviting you to partner with him. And the beautiful thing is he takes all the risk. <laughs> you know, they're his ideas. But he, he can show you. I just I saw him giving people blueprints and um, literally in your dreams showing you how to solve different things that no one, no one has any idea how to solve. So, Lord, we release right now just your creative solutions over this beautiful group of people lord i just thank you that you say we have the mind of christ and lord i thank you that these people are going to start thinking your thoughts and are going to bring your hope and your wonderful solutions into their spheres of influence and lord i thank you that where fear has held them back that ends today Your perfect love casts out fear. And Lord, I thank you that you are making a way. And I thank you, Lord, that they will walk in an unusual favor, God. And we look forward, Lord, to hearing about the life that's going to result.
I bless them, Jesus, in your name. Thank you, Lord. I just hear God say, wherever you go, remember that I go with you and release my peace. I just hear him say as a very first thing, release my peace into your workplace. And from that, everything else is going to flow. Um, thank you, friends. You may be seated. Michael, I'm just going to ask you to remain standing because I just felt uh, God, God said that he has given you unusual wisdom. And he said, don't be afraid to walk in the things that he, he puts in front of you to walk in and don't, don't be afraid to speak the things that he gives you to speak because I just felt him say, I've, I've given you wisdom and I'm going to give you an unusual wisdom in the financial sector. Um, unusual solutions, but that will, that will carry God's heart of, of generosity and stewardship. And, um, so yeah, I just bless you with that, my friend. Yeah. And Randy, I'm going to ask you to stand, sweet one, because um, I just felt God say, I write this down, Randy, you are mine. Don't forget what I have placed in your heart. And um, he said, I have, I have solutions. And I just felt that God was saying what seems so impossible now is not at all impossible for him. But I just felt that there are these like longings and these deep desires. There's the there's the justice of God that you've longed to see um, lived out, and and it's His delight to partner with you um, to bring about those solutions. So I just I felt He wanted to encourage you to not lose heart and to not forget, because the things that you carry in your heart are of Him. So I bless you with that, my friend. Yeah. So, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for the way you love us. We thank you that you are ever mindful of us. We thank you that there is never a moment where we are forgotten or where we are alone. And, Lord, I just bless this beautiful group of people. I just thank you for for Lifehouse, Lord. I just thank you for the friends that feel like family. Thank you that we are your family, Lord. Thank you that we are brothers and sisters. And thank you, Lord, that in you everything is possible because you have empowered us for purpose. And we do not need to ever be afraid to walk in the things that you call us into, Lord. I just bless people as they go, Lord. I bless their week. And I thank you that they carry your favor and your presence wherever they go. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. For, for sharing with us this morning. You've been empowered for a purpose. May we grow in our awareness of the Holy Spirit, our expectancy of Him, and our willingness to be led by Him in everything, in every place that we go. Uh, before we go, I just also, I, I just had an, an impression from the Lord and I just really want to quickly share it with you. I had the sense that either there's somebody here in this room or joining us online this morning that, uh, you may be newer to church 
you may have been to church years ago, but this is something new for you and something that you're, uh, you look at and you're like, this is kind of strange or, uh, yeah, you're, you're pretty skeptical, but at the same time, there's a sense of, of uh, a strange sense of peace that you have or, uh, this, there's, I don't know, like an electricity in the air. And uh, I just want you to know, if that's you, that God is tugging on the strings of your heart. And He is, is waiting for you just to open the door of your heart to Him. And as you invite Him in, He will make Himself real to you. He will make Himself known to you. And this, this strange uh, skepticism that you have right now, He's going to bring clarity. Because He's not just a nice idea or a truth. He's a person. He's a person and he wants for you to know him and he's waiting for you. And if that's you and you're here today and you don't know how to pray or you want somebody to pray for you, uh, just come find me over here. I would love to, love to pray uh, for you and, and share him with you today. Uh, for those of you that are parents, reminder to get your kids. For the rest of you, there's uh, cookies and coffee and tea out and stick around for fellowship, and uh, let's just encourage one another. Bless you guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have an amazing week.